Well, good morning and welcome to the Coffee Break Podcast, where we share business practices, ideas, and strategies while we enjoy our morning coffee break. I'm Chad Lingefeld from LockDoc Security. Today, we have a, another guest with us um, today, all the way from Connecticut. Uh, we'll be talking with Liz Falsigno. She is a food photographer and blogger, and we're going to have a pretty interesting conversation with her coming up right after this. We got so much to say. We got a podcast to make. We're sipping on lattes, and it's time for a coffee break. It's time for a coffee break. Oh, yeah. All right, welcome back today. Hey, thank you very much for being with us, Liz. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to chat with you. So uh, you are a, a food photographer and blogger. Um, you're, you have a, a blog called The Clean Eating Couple. It's thecleaneatingcouple.com. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. All right. Uh, so we're going to be talking a little bit about how you kind of got started with that and, and kind of what that's about and why that's important to you here in just a little while. But as part of our, uh, our podcast here, j- rather than just asking somebody, hey, introduce us to you or tell us a little bit about yourself. We like to do some rapid fire questions, uh, five random questions just to kind of get to know you a little better. So okay. we'll, we'll jump into that now. Okay. All right. Go for it. All right. Number one, what show on Netflix do you binge watch embarrassingly fast? Uh, probably the office. I've watched it way too many times to even count. <laughs> I, that, and, but that's, that's very fair. Like that is a, like a, a perpetual binge watching. <laughs> <laughs> I I went back a, a couple of years ago and um I had never watched Seinfeld. And when they released it on Hulu, I was like, oh, okay, so I watched the like the entire season or series. And it was like, I have literally wasted too much time in my life. Um all right, number two, what is your real favorite book? One, and two, what is the book that you pretend that is your favorite book to sound smart? Uh my real favorite book is probably The Help. Uh, but the book that I usually say to sound smart is anything by Gary Vaynerchuk. I love Crush It, Crushing It. All of his books are amazing. Those are awesome. Awesome. Okay. Number three, uh, what is the grossest or nastiest food that you've ever had to eat to be polite? Oh, God. Well, I'm Italian, and obviously, like, I like food, and I like to cook, and I grew up around cooks, Um, but I can remember as a kid being at friends' houses and, like, wanting to be really polite, but their parents were serving me, like, like Chef Boyardee, and I was just like, oh, this is so <laughs> gross and such a sin. <laughs> that's fair. That's, that's fair. <laughs> All right, uh, number four, what celebrity would you pick to exchange lives with? Oh. Uh, that's a tough one. Um, I, I'm going to have to revert back to Gary V. I find him to be so interesting and I'm a huge fan of everything he does. So I would love to see kind of like what a day in the life is for him. All right. That's fair. And then the last one, what is a, a random weird fact that you happen to know? Oh, oh God. Um, I don't know a lot of random weird facts. <laughs> I'm like the worst person to have on your trivia team because I anytime someone tells me something like that, I'm like, oh, I had no idea. There you go. So you're <laughs> always, always learning, always learning. Yeah, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna pass on that one and say that I, I likely don't know 
a lot of the random facts that most people do. (laughs) (laughs) My random fact is I'm always surprised by whatever people say. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Thank you very much for participating in our in our rapid fire questions. Uh, it's always fun to kind of get to know people uh, on on a different level that way. So you have been a food blogger now for a while, but I I guess and I would like you to clarify this for us. You you got into this more so uh, from your photography standpoint. Uh, one of the things that I noticed on your 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 blog and your website uh, as I was scrolling through, I was like. These pictures are amazing. Like the the entire site just looks uh, just looks fabulous. If you you, you got to go check it out um, to to understand it. And then I started looking at your bio, and I was like, oh, uh, she's she's a photographer by trade, a food photographer. So that's like you know makes a whole lot of sense. So tell us a little bit how you got into that. So actually, the blog came first, and oh, okay. then I kind of became a food photographer. Um, so I, I've always had the interest in cooking. But I didn't necessarily have the photography skill, so I, I taught myself that, and then I kind of flipped it. So now I do – well, it's more of a 50-50 split at this point um, where I, I do – about 50% of my business comes from my photography. 50% of it is still the blog. Um, but I started the blog really just as a way to share – the healthy food that I was making, I had kind of made a lifestyle shift and was starting to eat better and work out. And um, a lot of my friends and family were asking me questions about that. So I started the blog as a way to communicate with them. But then I kind of quickly realized that influencer marketing and blogging as a whole uh, was kind of growing rapidly and that there was a business opportunity there. So I went all in and that's when I decided to hone in, especially on my food photography as a craft and kind of take it to the next level. Well, that that was part of you know, looking at your at your content. That was that was one of the questions that I kind of wanted to dive into is how how you see that and and maybe this is a, a leading question I don't know but how you see at the the photography standpoint because I mean your website's very impressive when you when you go on it it look it's very bright it's vibrant um, it kind of draws you in with the photography even if you're not into the the recipe side of it or the food side of it, I mean, just the the, the content looks amazing. So, my I guess my question was going to be, how do you uh, divvy that up from a, uh, a like kind of where do you weigh weigh the the displaying of the content versus the actual content? Yeah. So, I mean, I I think that both are very important, especially when it comes to food. Um, you do totally eat with your eyes in a lot of cases. Uh, so I think that photography is really, really important with food where it might not be as uh, important with other kind of realms of content, but at the same time, the actual content itself is really important when it comes to food blogging, because I want anyone to be able to come to my site, whether they are a seasoned chef or someone that has never picked up a spatula in their life and be able to make any of my recipes. So in that way, I provide helpful tips. I provide substitutions. Um, I answer questions that people might have about the recipe. So it kind of is important on both ends of the spectrum. So maybe, maybe the, the, the look of the site, the look of the content uh, gets people, draws them in, but the value of the content keeps them coming back. Exactly. That's, that's kind of what I'm going for. Well, I it, I can see that would work very well. So, uh, one of the things that you mentioned obviously early on was was Gary V. Uh, how much of the Gary V. philosophy did you implement? Did, and did you implement that before you started this, or is it something you came apart uh, came upon after you started the blogging process? Well, I think that Gary V. talks a lot about being scrappy and kind of working with what you have and 
um, grinding like from all hours, which I totally implemented that philosophy. I mean, when I started my site and when I was out of college, I was working a full-time 40 hour plus work week. And then I was working, you know, from the time I got home from work until midnight or I would get up at four o'clock in the morning and work before I went to work. So I definitely implemented that philosophy and I implemented that like done is better than perfect sort of mentality. But now that I'm a little bit more established and I have a little bit more leeway, it's not that I'm working less hard. I'm just focusing on making all that work that I did before better. So a lot of the recipes that you're seeing on my site today are actually recipes that have been on there for a long time, but I'm just going back and, you know, like I said before, adding in those helpful questions people might have, helpful tidbits, that sort of thing to make it a better piece of content. So with with that said, I kind of want to jump back because I think I missed this question early on. What drove you into food blogging as a whole? Like that's, you know, I love to eat, but <laughs> I, I don't, I would not go out and start a food blog to, to, to diet. Now I'll, I Instagram my food all the time, but <laughs> what, what, what kind of drove you down that path? What's your, what's your passion for, for that for for food as a whole. Yeah. So really it was just because I wanted to share the recipes because people were asking questions about it. But then um, I've always loved to cook. I grew up, like I said earlier, in an Italian family. Cooking is huge. Um, we love to eat. And I, I mean, I don't have any culinary training. My training is just from spending time in the kitchen with my grandparents and my mom um, and learning from them. So it's something I've always loved as a kid. If you had asked me what I wanted to do, I probably would have said I want to own a bakery or own a restaurant. So it's always kind of been in the back of my mind, but it wasn't until I got out of college. Um, I have a degree in marketing and I worked in marketing and advertising for a couple of years before I just kind of said, you know, I don't, I just don't want to do this. Um, and I found myself loving the late nights and early mornings that I was spending working on my blog and sharing healthy food with people. So it's kind of the passion of showing people that healthy food can be delicious and really simple is what kind of drives me pretty much every day to keep doing what I'm doing. Uh, the From the clean eating side of it, right? Because that's obviously the name of, of the, the blog. Where did that kind of come from? The you know Obviously, passion for food is one thing. Passion for uh, a healthy lifestyle is... It's a whole separate thing. So where did that, how did that get started for you? So I, when I went away to college, um, I never really had a bad diet. I wouldn't say I grew up eating junk food or anything like that. Um, but when I went away to college, the food, no matter how healthy you try to be there, it's just so loaded with processed crap in the dining hall. Um, and I just found myself really not feeling great. So I kind of took it into my own hands and, you know, wanted to make that shift. And when I realized how good I was feeling just from eating, making simple choices and eating better, I wanted to share that with everyone. Um, and even to this day, I mean, that was eight years ago. I, I just happened to, I made a new year's resolution and I never really turned back. And I just want to share that with other people that it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be expensive or confusing. Anyone really can live a healthy lifestyle and feel great um, with minimal effort, in my opinion. So I, I like sharing that with others. And and I would imagine being in that position and, and sharing that you're you're inspiring people on a regular basis. What's a what's a, a a story that you've received back? Somebody saying, "Hey, because you're putting this out here and sharing this, it's helped me in this way." Yeah, I get messages all the time, and they they make my day. I have like I honestly, anytime I get a note like that, I screenshot it and I save it on my phone for when I'm having a bad day. But 
you know, sometimes I have people message me and say, you know, I'm a busy mom. It's hard to get dinner on the table. Thank you. I made this and my kids loved it and they never eat vegetables or, you know, I really need to lose this weight for my health and your recipes have been really helpful. So anytime anyone says anything like that, it's just so nice to know that you're helping someone. As it relates to content and coming up with new recipes, where... Where do you get these ideas from? Have you have you hit the wall uh, at times where it's like, I don't know what else to write. I'm I'm I can't I don't have anything else. I'm I'm dried up. Where where is that inspiration coming from? I get inspiration from a lot of places, um, but m- I mean most of the recipes on my site are inspired by things that I grew up eating. So meatballs or stuffed peppers or um, you know just healthier takes on things that I really like. But then I also get inspired from going out to eat and maybe eating a really like decadent, delicious pasta dish and thinking, how can I make this a little bit lighter and healthier for my audience? So I I gather inspiration from everywhere. Let me ask you this question, because this is always there's kind of two parts to this. um, But when when you when you're when you're working with something like you are right a, a blog you know there's a lot of people that have started blogs over the years and then they've died off right so they, you know there's a half a dozen blogs sitting out there in in the in the interwebs that nobody will ever see yeah so there's a consistency basis on it obviously to get it what ha- you started this in 2013 if i remember reading correctly yes yeah so you're now coming into 6 years of this yeah how long was that Gary V grind? How long was that persistent before you actually saw something materialize out of it? Because that's, yeah. I think that's a hard part for people in any level. If it's, you know, if it's a service business like we're in, if it's in any type of, you know, social influencer, marketing, whatever, there's a point where you're like, am I wasting my time? Should I just give this up? What are your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And kind of what you were saying about those blogs that kind of die off. I think that those blogs, a lot of the times are the people that don't have that Gary Vee mentality and don't want to, you know, give up their weekend or give up their night off. Um, And like he always says, you know, you want to sit and watch Netflix, but you don't want to put the work in, Um, which is fine. But um, I, I did not have that in my mind. Basically, once I had been in my jobs and marketing and realized, you know, I I don't want to do this. And I had made the decision that I wanted to make this up to a full-time income. I, it was probably about, I I did the blog as a hobby and then I realized the potential. And then I, at the same time, I realized I don't like what I'm doing at work. So it was kind of the culmination of everything. So I said, okay, I'm going to work this job. I'm going to work really hard there. I'm going to make my money and I'm going to save it. And while I'm doing that, I'm also going to work really hard on my blog. So for about a year and a half, I would say I went all in, like giving up weekends, giving up nights, getting up early. Um, And then finally, I just said, all right, I have this little nest egg saved and I think I'm ready to do this. The blog is growing and I'm going to give it a shot. And that's what I did. And I didn't after that year and a half, I didn't just say, "Okay, it's all smooth sailing. I'm not going to give up and I'm not going to I'm not going to give up and, you know, just see what happens. I, I still work hard. I mean, I think I work more than a lot of people do. I think I'm sure you do too. Entrepreneurs, you never, you never really stop when you own your own business, but it's always been a a consistent hard grind. But over the past year, now that my blog is at a point where there are some passive, I hate that term, but passive streams of income, like my ads or my affiliate sales. So 
I don't have to be on every single day and, you know, every single weekend spending my time doing photography because I have the whole week to do it too, because it's my job now. Sure. So, so was there anything at a specific time that kind of gave you a, a big breakthrough? Did you get some exposure from s- some avenue of, of other, uh, you know, some other collaboration that got you some exposure? Like where did, or has it just been a consistent, I, how did, how did you build your following? I guess would be a better way to ask the question. So, yeah. I wish that there had been some big thing that just like had it happen, but Honestly, it was just consistent growth. Every month, my page views grew a little bit more. Every month, my Instagram following grew a little bit more. And because I was doing the things, you know, to that you want to do to, to make that happen, like engaging with people on Instagram and, you know, working on SEO. So my content was getting ranked higher in Google, that kind of thing. Optimizing Pinterest, sharing on Facebook to bring in more page views. So I was doing all the things and consistently... It wasn't just a straight skyrocket, but it was a little bit, little by little, little by little, it kept growing and growing until it was to the point where it is now where, you know, it's not that it's self-sustaining, but if I needed to take off next week, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't yeah. be broke, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is nice. No, and that, so that's an interesting storyline because uh, a narrative, because a lot of times you, you talk to people and it's like, well, I've been, I've been doing this and there was no success for, you know, 10 years. And then all of a sudden this one person, that's a lot of, uh, you know, if you read crushing it or, or crush it, that's what he, a lot of the examples that are there is the consistency until that one person sees it or grabs it and shares it. And then it blows up. The, the other narrative is just persistent, growth, consistent growth year over year or month over month. And that's exciting because I think that gives inspiration for others that are out there that are trying to, that not everybody is going to get that one kind of breakthrough, that one opportunity that just somebody random is going to grab it and share it with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. So, so the, the biggest thing is just the constant engagement, constant, uh, sharing, trying to bring people and drive people to the site so that you're continually, uh, building a, an audience. Yeah. And I think and engaging with the audience that I have already had. So I, I looked at, you know, what are the kind of recipes that people really like? And a lot of them I found were crock pot recipes that had minimal ingredients. So I put out more of that. Or I asked people, would you rather see an easy sheet pan dinner or an easy instant pot dinner? And I listened to their feedback. I mean, hmm. Instagram is awesome now. There's so many ways to engage with your audience there in terms of polls and questions and things like that. So I, I get a lot of my inspiration and I built a lot of my content based off of what my current audience wants and hopes that it's going to also attract similar people. Are you seeing at a, at a specific rate a higher level of engagement through your social media strategy or th- directly on, on the blog? Like, I guess... We- where is it where is it originating and and kind of the crossover cuz i'd imagine it's all over the place yeah so a lot of my traffic to my site about 70% of it comes from google search okay. uh so something else that i'm working on is taking that traffic cuz when you google something you don't really have any affinity towards a person you mm-hmm. just want an answer to your question or what you're looking for so once that person gets on my site I only have a few seconds to be like, Hey, here I am. This is what I do. Yeah. You want to follow along? So, um, you know, I know you had mentioned something about email marketing or in the email you had sent to me, 
you know, email marketing has been huge. So I offer um, a free opt-in when people come to my site and, um, you know, people can download, it's a free meal planner. It has a week's worth of recipes, a grocery list. And that was something again, that I asked my current audience, hmm. is this something you'd like? Um, so once people get on my email list and I, I kind of follow that jab, 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 right hook, uh, Gary V mentality and that I offer them so much free stuff that like they, I want to get it to a point where they want to follow me on Instagram and they want to follow me on Facebook and they want to follow me on Pinterest because they don't want to miss out on anything because they know that I'm constantly delivering value. So I, w- I want to circle back on, on one quick thing. You just said that you have a weekly email that goes out with a weekly meal plan alongside of a grocery list. So I don't do that every week. That, okay. um, that's an opt-in. If you want to sign up for my email list, you get that for free. But then every week I send out new recipes. Sometimes I do make a meal plan and I'll say like, here's what you should make Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. But the one with the grocery list and all the recipes, that's just a one-time thing. It's a oh, free gotcha. Because uh, yeah. I just got really excited for a moment. I was like, you're going to actually <laughs> meal plan for us and send it over. That would be absolutely amazing because we struggle with that in our own house. You know, yeah. like, all right, what are we, what's the meal plan for this week? So right. having, having somebody to thank for you would be amazing. But I, exactly. And that's what I try to do. I try to take the, the thinking out of things. Like yesterday I sent out um, five healthy spring baking ideas, knowing that, you know, next weekend is Easter and a lot of people are probably celebrating that here. Are, you don't even have to look on Pinterest. Here you go. Here are five healthy, delicious dessert recipes that you might want to bring to a friend's house. So I, 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 again, kind of going back to, to what you were just talking about. And, and again, I know it's the Gary V mentality that it's the playbook that, that people follow <laughs> is the providing value continually. Yes. And I feel like a lot of times in small business, we struggle with this, that you're constantly asking, hey, come buy this, come buy this. Yeah. And we fail to bring the value. I was uh, actually having a conversation. We, we were doing a, a customer uh, event yesterday, and I was trying to explain that's one of the things that we're trying to focus on is we want to continue to bring value and information because I, you know, the, the way that I presented it was the thing that we have always struggled with as an organization is selling something. We've always been really bad at selling a product. Yeah. We offer solutions. And so it's really hard to, to, to do that unless you're continually adding information so that people can make educated decisions, uh, which is that, that whole philosophy, right? So what you're, what you're saying, I guess, it, to, and I'll let you elaborate on it, is the consistent uh, finding ways in different ways to add value, if it's providing a, a meal plan and a grocery list, recipes, whatever, so that people understand. And at, at a point, I would imagine there's a cookbook or something like that that's coming down the pipe, right? Either needs a little 
reward and start with eating healthy, and it's my four weeks of food and diet. So it's four weeks of recipes, grocery lists, and a meal planning schedule on what to eat basically every single day. And it's designed specifically in a way to help reduce food waste, reduce your time at the grocery store, and reduce your time in the kitchen. So going back to the, the give, 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 it's what, 80%, 90% giving, 10% asking for people? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And, and I think that uh, it's exciting. It's inspiring to see uh, somebody succeed in that philosophy because you you read about it in a book, and it's it's kind of hard to conceptualize or it's kind of hard to see that it's actually going to work when when uh, when you can't. It's it's a t- it's a hard to tangible thing to to grab a hold of. I just feel like I need to be asking people to buy something from me all the time because that's how I make my money. And that goes against the grain when you're talking constantly about just giving value, giving value, giving value. And so it's hard for pe- I think it, you know, again, I, I feel like this turns into a Gary Vee podcast, but it's, it's, it's so cool to see, you know, to see you implement those tactics and them to be actually successful. So I, I, I guess a big takeaway from today's conversation for me is, and I hope for, you know, for our audience is that um, that if if you focus on the value add at a higher rate than the ask, you know, to come buy this, call me for this, call me for this, call me for this, when you're just constantly sharing information, sharing information, hey, this is what this means, then in the long term it will it will pan out for you. It just requires a high level of patience. Well, we appreciate the compliment. One of the things you you mentioned earlier on SEO stuff uh, for your website, search engine optimization. There is we have a page, and and just to kind of prove to your point, we have a page on our website that we posted. I think it was about three or four years ago. Uh, a simple instruction list of how to change a combination on a lock. All right, and it is by far the highest ranking view count on our website. It is it got captured in the Google snippet category. So if you type in how to change a code on a simplex lock, our website comes up in the snippet category. Yeah, and I don't know how in the world it happened, but but we persistently get hit with that on that page and is it what you just said is valuable uh, a few minutes ago. When you get that one little instance of somebody coming to your website for that one thing that you've just given for free, because that's something, I mean, we we have historically charged for that information for many, many years. We're giving it away to everybody, and we have that 
one second for them to come on our website and go, hey, hold on a second, what is this company? Uh, because you want to try to grab their attention while they're there because they're already interested in the information that you're, that you're providing. It's an interesting, I mean, we could talk about this for hours because that's the way I, you, that's what you were just talking about. That's how you built your, your blog and your, your, your digital footprint is by watching that information and then building additional information that follows that same category. Right. That's very cool. Very inspiring, very motivating. So we appreciate you sharing that information with us this morning. Well, I, I do want to be uh, mindful of your time, so we'll uh, we'll kind of come to a close now. Real quick, just uh, a 30-second, 60-second pitch of how people can find you uh, on social media and, and your website and, and why they should go there. Yeah, for sure. So you can find me at thecleanleadingcouple.com and The Clean Leading Couple on pretty much all of our social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter. Cool. Well, we appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to to join us this morning. Um, for those of you who that may be listening or watching for the first time, which I forgot to mention this at the beginning, today was the first day we've been recording uh, this podcast on Facebook Live uh, since the very beginning, but today we're also simultaneously uh, on YouTube, uh, live on our YouTube channel. So hopefully that, that worked out well, but you can check that out uh, at lockdoc.net slash live. You can find out more information about this podcast and all the other episodes. We're up to, I guess, 36 episodes now. Uh, you can check those all out at lockdoc.net slash podcast, and you can subscribe there uh, as well. So thank you very much for uh, listening and tuning in, and we will be back next Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. for another episode of the Coffee Break Podcast. To learn more about the topics discussed today and to connect with us online to hear all of the episodes available, visit lockdoc.net slash podcast. We got so much to say, we got a podcast to make, we're sipping on lattes, and it's time for a coffee break, it's time for a coffee break, oh yeah. The Coffee Break Podcast is brought to you by LockDoc Security. We'd love to connect with you online on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Just search L-O-C-D-O-C-I-N-C.